Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. The Iron Flute, Case 97, Buddha's Parinirvana. When the Buddha was preaching the Nirvana Sutra, he rubbed his chest with his hand, saying, You should regard my golden body thoroughly, otherwise you will regret it later. If you say Buddha enters Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. If you say Buddha does not enter Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. So that's the main part of the koan, and now I will read it with all the comments. When the Buddha was preaching the Nirvana Sutra, Fugai says, incomplete, where were you before that? Have you not always been in the same place? Yogen Senzaki. He has never been any place. If you think he has, you must let in a portion of India. Why don't you wait until he's finished? Buddha continues. He rubbed his chest with his hands, saying, You should regard my golden body thoroughly. Otherwise, you will regret it later. Nyogen Senzaki. Buddha knew he was about to enter Parinirvana, thus this remark. Fugai. Shh, you fox. You have cheated many people, and now you try to eliminate your mistake. Nyogen Senzaki. I told you to listen well. Again. If you say Buddha enters Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. Fugai, I will say loudly, Buddha enters Parinirvana. If you say Buddha does not enter Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. Fugai, I will say loudly, Buddha does not enter Parinirvana. Buddha does not enter Parinirvana. Genro says, Buddha died a thousand years ago. If you say he is still here, you are admitting he has not entered Nirvana. If you say he is not here, you are admitting he has entered Nirvana. If you say he has neither entered Parinirvana or nor has not entered Parinirvana, then you must admit he was neither here nor not here. <laughs> then tell me, where is his golden body? Each of you, go to your own room and take a good rest. Fugai, my teacher... You go to your room first. <laughs> Genro's verse. The old teacher was too busy before he traveled. He showed the golden light. He sealed his disciples' mouths. Family scandal should be kept quiet and Fugai's every other line, why don't you prepare before that? Who sees it is blind. There has never been anything to say. Plug your ears before you steal.
there's a bunch of people in there. This Rohatsu, we have a rare occurrence. Of course, every moment is rare. But for the first time I can remember, morning of December 8th, full moon. I think you all know that the full moon is used as a metaphor for realization. I have uh, in one of my favorite books by Shodo Harara Roshi, Moon by the Window, I will read to you. Hanun yuseke o idaki, sogetsu seichi o terasu. Cold clouds embrace lonely rocks. The frosty moon shines upon the clear pond. These lines are from Hakuin's Kayan Kokugo. Master Yakujo Ekai asked Nansen, was there something that the Buddha and all of the ancestors did not preach, could not express? This is a tough question. Hararabhushi says, the Buddha's truth must be realized through experience. Yet as soon as the experience is spoken of, it is no longer pure experience. This is why it's so ridiculous to be sitting up here. (laughs) And yet we do it, session after session. When the Buddha was dying, he said that even though he had taught for 49 years, he had never said a single word. His words were gathered in 5,049 sutras, but they still don't express it. So what is it? What is it? Was there something that the Buddha and all of the ancestors could not express? Nansen answered, there is. Yakujo asked further, then what is that which cannot be spoken? Nansen responded, It is not mind. It is not Buddha. It is not a thing. Here is the experience expressed exactly as it is. That which surges and fills the great heavens And the great earth is not mind, not a physical body, and not a mental understanding. Only the thing, exactly as it is. Yakujo said, there, 
It is said. He understood and heard those words clearly. Nansen continued, Whether it was said or not, I don't know. Only this. Then Nansen asked Hyakujo, How about you? He answered, I have no such great wisdom as those historical ancestors to say it or not say it. I don't know about anything as difficult as that. Nonsense dug in further. What do you mean? I don't understand. He was not saying that he didn't know the essence itself. Rather, he was experiencing the essence that cannot be expressed and responding to the words of Yakujo. Both Yakujo and Nansen knew completely, yet they said they don't know at all. Finally, Yakujo responded, it seems I have talked too much. There are more words by Haraoshi in that passage, but I think you get it. Several days we have been in this inexpressibility, not only in our hearts, but surrounded by it. Mist has encompassed the entire world of form. Trees, especially in the morning, seem two-dimensional. The lake, the mountain disappear. Minute particles of fog Just the name given to them. So we are in this conditionless no scenery. Just undifferentiation. I wrote a haiku. Hanging from a branch, little clump of leaves trembles in deepening fog. Maybe some of you saw that little clump out there. Trees are bare, just this little, sometimes moving, sometimes still. Branches disappear. I was looking at an old journal 
12 years ago, December 2010, I wrote, this is my last rohatsu as a carefree student. It was right before my installation. Connor Keenan is here. Jikyo, Gyoshin, Jisho, Geno, and many other good session friends. That was Edo Roshi's last Rohatsu as abbot. And now here I am. This is my last Rohatsu as abbot. In many of our doksan, that session, that rohatsu, Edo, she spoke about the rightness of time for him to retire. And that My becoming the abbot was the turning of the Dai Bosatsu Mandala. He said, You'll be abbot for at least 10 years, and then you will have a good successor for future generation after generation. Attract someone 15 or 20 years younger. And then Hakuin, Takuju, Genpo, Soen, Eido, Roko line will continue. That year, 2010, was a very tumultuous one for us at the Zen Studies Society. Nothing felt assured. Hokuto Osho Jishin, Tamon, Genno, many others here, Koge, remember, right? Blood and tears, we remember. It was also the year my mother died. And I remember being in the hospital with her in St. Louis and not really having much time with her because the Zen Studies Society board was meeting every other hour. I was sitting next to the elevator where there was a Wi-Fi signal. Twenty ten just before Ada Woshi spoke to me about a successor, 
I met Dokoro Osho. Same year. Now Chigan Roshi. He was abbot at the Cambridge Buddhist Association where I had done many sessions with Myo-Own Maureen Stewart when she was there. And 2010 was 20 years after her passing. So Andy and I wanted to go and visit our son, Jesse, who was at the He was doing graduate work at the Museum of Fine Arts Museum School. So I thought, now it would be nice to go back and see how CBA is doing. I got in touch and asked if we could stay a few days there. And Dokoro checked in with the board and said, yes, you can come if you give a talk, of course. We always sing for our supper. (laughs) Later that same year, his first teacher, Genro Seyun Osho, died in Austria. Dokuro's long-time teacher in this country Joshu Sasaki Roshi was 103 in 2010. And he retired a couple of years after that. (laughs) You know, I have a ways to go, right? And Dokuro and I stayed in touch, and we agreed that he would continue his training with me, and he became an official disciple after Joshu Roshi's passing in July 2014. And in 2017, we had his Inka Shomei, his ceremony of transmission. So here we are, 2022. I'll be 80 on October 2nd, 2023. We'll have a party of course, called Session, Golden Wind. And Qigong Roshi is indeed 20 years younger. He will turn 60, his Konreki, next Wednesday. Togon will turn 60 December 9th. So... Two very special times, two very special people. When we turn 60, it is said, it's five revolutions of the 12 years that each of us, I am sheep year, we come around again. Every 12 years is the year of whatever year you were born. Anybody else sheep here? <laughs> so and Roshi also. So Chigan Roshi now is joined by Hokuto Osho, my two Dharma successors. And my pre-retirement plan is to give them as much as possible so that they can experience this 
iron yoke. Many people have expressed many questions to me about retirement. Of course I'm not going to retire. I'm just going to retire. (laughs) I'll still come, still do Taisho, still do Doksan, but when I want to. (laughs) So how will it be when I retire, right? If you say I will retire, you are not my disciple. If you say I will not retire, you are not my disciple. So yes, let's go to the case. Iron flute, 97. There are 100 cases in the iron flute. So just three left. Maybe you're glad about that. Those of you who do session here all the time, all those comments. (laughs) You get to hear part of the case and then somebody breaks in and then somebody else breaks in and you lose track of where you were and you go back. I certainly lose track of where I was. That's why I read it twice, one without the comments. But it is confusing, perhaps, the back and forth, but so rich, so fertile. And you get a real sense of, even though these were Soto masters, They sound like Rinzai masters. They're always truculent and sarcastic and batting the ball back and forth and surprising. Uh, The other thing that is happening all the time is that that there are several time frames in any one koan. So we have, it sounds like, Fugai is answering Yogan Senzaki, but there were a few hundred years difference. And here we have Buddha Shakyamuni speaking and speaking interrupted and the sense of time is totally no chronology. But anyway, what about this? Soon the iron flute will be over. How many years have I been doing koans from this? I have no idea. Long time, right? When I first started here as abbot, I did the Mumon Khan. And simultaneously doing Hekigan Roku at Hoenji. So after the Mumonkan, I took up the iron flute here. But as I say, it will soon be over. And this too. Rohatsu is winding down to the last moments. Our lives are as well. I always think of Dainin Katagiri Roshi's statement during session. Some of you are familiar with this. Your legs hurt. Your back aches. You're so tired. Soon you will die. (laughs) 
Buddha was preaching the Nirvana Sutra, the case begins. How many of you have read the Nirvana Sutra in any language? Well, I'll read you an excerpt. This is from chapter 5 on the adamantine body. Do you know what this word adamantine is? Hmm? Anybody? You know how to be adamant about something. Adamantine, an adjective that has that quality of being absolute, inexorable, changeless, unalterable, like a diamond. So here, it's a little selection. Then the world-honored one said to Kashyapa, O good man, the body of the Tathagata is one that is eternal, one that is indestructible, one that is adamantine, one that is not sustained by various kinds of food. It is the Dharma body. Kashyapa said to the Buddha, O world-honored one, we do not see such a body as you speak of. What we see is one which is non-eternal, destructible, of dust, one sustained by various kinds of food. How? In that you, the Tathagata, are now about to enter nirvana. The world-honored one replied, At the time of the parinirvana, he does not enter parinirvana. The dharma body of the Tathagata is perfect in all such innumerable, wonderful virtues. O Kashapa, only the Tathagata knows all such phases of existence. O Kashapa, the virtue of the true body of the Tathagata is such. How could it suffer from illnesses, the pain of illness and insecurity? The reason why the Tathagata manifests illness and pain all comes from his desire to liberate beings. O oh, good man, know now that the Tathagata's body is one that is adamantine. So this is very helpful for the koan, right? Do you remember the koan? If you say... Buddha enters Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. If you say he does not enter, you are not my disciple. At the time of the Parinirvana, he does not enter Parinirvana. So he gets as far as when the Buddha was preaching the Nirvana Sutra, now, who is he? He gets as far as, who is describing this? Who is writing about this? The 
the narrator must be Genro, who put all of these cases together. But maybe it was the Buddha speaking about himself 2,600 years ago. The chronology is very undependable. In fact, doesn't exist. So, anyway, there's that opening line. Fugai says, incomplete. Where were you before that? Have you not always been in the same place? When the Buddha was preaching? When was that? What time? What place? What are you talking about when the Buddha was preaching? And then Yogan Senzaki says, he has never been any place. If you think he has, you must let in a portion of India. If you think, oh, he was preaching at a certain vulture peak, for example, then you are in that categorizing mind frame and it has to come with him. Why don't you wait until he is finished? Again, we have this he. Who's finished? Finished preaching the Nirvana Sutra? Finish explaining, presenting? Then the narrator, let's go back to him. Or... Ooh. says, he rubbed his chest with his hand, saying, you should regard my golden body thoroughly. Otherwise, you will regret it later. So this preaching the Nirvana Sutra and is there a sutra that has never been preached what I read to you earlier is there a teaching that has never been expressed before you may remember from the beautiful reading of the Diamond Sutra that we've had this session. Anyone who says that the Tathagata presents a teaching really slanders Buddha and is unable to explain what I teach. As to any truth-declaring system, truth is undeclarable. So, quote, an enunciation of truth, end quote, is just the name given to it. Buddha also said in the Diamond Sutra, words cannot explain the true nature of the universe. So, using words, he rubbed his chest with his hand, saying, you should regard. What is this regard? It's an amazing word if you really think about it. Please turn and look at the image of Buddha on the altar. You can even stand up if you'd like.
respectfully regarding is very different from taking a look. Right? This golden body. We come in here all the time. We bow here at the doorway. We go on about our business, either to the zendo or whatever it is. But how many times do we regard? What happens to you? when you do regard. What do you feel right now? Connected. Hmm? Connected. Connected. It's not that you are regarding a statue, okay? You are not. When you regard in this connected, intimate way, He says, you should regard my golden body thoroughly. Otherwise, you will regret it later. We have many regrets about what we missed, right? Later we think, oh, I didn't really listen, and he's gone. I didn't really ask what I felt I needed to ask. I thought there'd be time later for that. Now it's later. Now it's too late. So many times people tell us things and we are not regarding what they say. Again, I want to say how moving it was to hear the readers in the Diamond Sutra. It was so clear. It seemed to come from our own hearts, right? We regarded. It regarded us. This is what happens. As Runzai said, the pure light of your own heart at this instant is the Dharmakaya Buddha in your own house, your own body. When we connect that way, it makes such a difference. Diamond Sutra. I have a note. Look at page 89. Oh, okay. So yes, you know, we 
look at a statue and we think, oh, that's a statue depicting the Buddha and the Buddha had a great awakening and so we should honor this statue. But that is not why he is there on that altar. It is not about his perfect form we heard today, right? Who, those who see me by form, who seek me by sound, wrongly turned are their footsteps on the way, for they cannot perceive the Tathagata. When we have this experience, we are not seeing form. We are not seeking sound. We simply are perceiving, regarding, experiencing, being transformed. And this is true with everything, okay? I'm not singling out Each one of you, if I regard you, this is Doksan, whether we say anything or not, we are in regard. And this is why 2,600 years later, we are practicing. And then there's another couple of comments. Yogan Senzaki explains, yes, Buddha knew he was about to enter into Parinirvana. And Vugai says, Shh, you fox, you have cheated many people and now you try to eliminate your mistake? Who's he talking to? Not to Yogan Senzaki, who hadn't a long ways before he was born after that statement. So this is something we come upon often in the comments. For example, in the Mumon Khan, many times Mumon sounds very rude. You fox. He's speaking to Buddha. You have cheated many people, and now you try to eliminate your mistake? The Buddha opened his golden mouth, and ever since, the world has been entangled in briars. That's a somewhat misquote of On Zen by Dayo Kokushi. Dayo Kokushi wrote a beautiful verse. But my brain doesn't quite remember it. Anybody? On Zen? Hmm? Ever since the world has been filled. Ever since the world has been filled with entangling briars. Thanks a lot, Buddha. <laughs> what happened? We took what he said out of his awakened mind and made it into constructs. That's what we do. So then, the Buddha says, if you say Buddha enters Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. And we have Fugai coming in, and then 
If you say Buddha does not enter Parinirvana, you are not my disciple. Buddha does not enter Parinirvana. In the Diamond Sutra, we heard today, anyone who says that the Tathagata comes or goes or sits or lies down fails to understand my teaching because the Tathagata neither comes from anywhere nor goes to anywhere. Therefore, he is called Tathagata. Thus come. Thus gone. Thus stays. When Genro then chimes in, Buddha died a thousand years ago. If you say he is still here, you are admitting he has not entered nirvana. If you say he is not here, you are admitting he has entered nirvana. If you say he has neither entered parinirvana nor has not entered parinirvana, then you must admit he was neither here nor not here. So you may, some of you remember in Mahayana Buddhism, the four propositions, right? What are they? Do you remember? Anyone? You pretty much just said it. Hmm? You pretty much just said it. Exactly. Existing, non-existing, both existing and non-existing, and neither existing nor non-existing. Genro just quoted from the four propositions. Then tell me, he continues, where is his golden body? If exists, not exists, both exists and not exists, neither exists nor non exists, why are they doing this to us? It's a good question, really. It's a good question. Because we tend to do this all the time. We just don't notice categorizing, establishing containers and sealing them up. We limit ourselves through language. So he ends his passage. Each of you go to your room. Go lie down and take a good rest. Isn't this where the Buddha's golden body is right now? In each of you. And you can lie down on your right side and be in your own parinirvana. I'm sure it sounds good. Sounds good to me. Take a good rest. And Fugai says, My teacher, you go to your room first. Oh, where does the time go? Okay, never mind Genro's verse. You know the Christian statement, Jesus Christ died for our sins? 
Some of you are familiar. The Buddha awakened for us all. He showed us the way. Could you, Hokuto Osho, read what it says on Soenoshi's scroll there for everybody? What he said when he awakened. Huh? Can you say it? How, how strange. <laughs> right? Never before. Completely And it is said also, he exclaimed, Wonderful! All beings and I together are perfect and complete. Right here now! Don't wait for tomorrow morning. It's already. Don't agree? She has a face like, oh, I don't know about that. You I'm talking to, Kogay. Yes. Yes, there she is. There she is, smiling, see? I told you. How do we requite the the Buddha's amazing gift to us? Hmm? Only one way. Huh? By waking up. Hmm? By waking up. Yes. And some of you may remember on Parinirvana Day, the day we commemorate his entry into Parinirvana, never to return. And we will have a Parinirvana weekend session this year instead of just a one day. We'll do it at New York Zendo Shoboji. And if I'm not snowed in, I will be there. And this is the verse that I always love to offer. The Blessed One said to the Venerable Ananda, Ananda, the two solitaries trees are quite covered with blossoms, though it is not the season. Disciples scatter and sprinkle and strew them on the perfect one's body out of veneration for him. And heavenly mandarava flowers and heavenly sandalwood powder fall from the sky and are scattered and sprinkled and strewn over the perfect one's body out of veneration for him. And heavenly music is played and heavenly songs are sung in the sky out of veneration for him. But this is not how a perfect one is honored, respected, venerated, or reverenced. Rather, it is the bhikkhu or bhikkhuni, the man or woman lay follower who lives according to the Dharma. 
who enters upon the proper way, who walks in the law, that honors, respects, reveres, and venerates a perfect one with the highest praise of all. Therefore, Ananda, train thus. Live in the Dharma. Enter upon the path and walk on this way. This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org slash donate. Thank you for listening.